from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I had to change my name. The movie Sofia Coppola did, The Virgin Suicides. Kirsten Dunst plays the character of Lux, and one of the characters described her as the still point in the turning world. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I want to be that. I'm an influencer. And like the cringe. Medical marijuana has saved my life. It has really impacted my parents' lives. For a long time, we didn't have the education. We didn't have the information. There weren't books. Scientists were not allowed to get a hold of the product, so they couldn't even do scientific studies. But we do. We have the information now. The fact that I get to be a voice to bring that information to people educationally, oh man, I'm so lit up about it. I'm so stoked. I can't wait. I'm Sarah Fenske. Two weeks ago, Ashley Elzinga did something that caught the attention of alt-rock radio lovers across the city. She said goodbye. Ashley spent 15 years at 105.7 The Point. On air, she went by Lux and built a huge following both on air and on social media by hosting the afternoon drive time show. But this spring, she decided to move on. And joining us now with more on her career and what happens next is Ashley Elzinga, also known as Lux. Ashley, welcome. Thank you so much. It's funny, actually, to hear myself being called Ashley outside of my parents. I don't hear it all that often. Should I call you Lux? I, I mean, it, it, it might get a uh, response quicker, All right, but it is really nice and refreshing, actually. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to be refreshing today. Hopefully, this conversation, will, it'll be refreshing to be asked the questions for once, Honestly, right? I'm a little nervous being on this side of the mic. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It also feels like I'm a traitor a little bit being in another radio station. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. I'm a little sweaty. I mean, it's understandable. After 15 years, you really feel loyalty to a place. You do, you do. Here you are crossing over to public radio. Yep, yep. So look, I have to ask about your decision to leave. You've said that hosting your show, this was like sitting down for drinks with, quote, my entire hometown every weekday afternoon. That sounds wonderful. It absolutely was. I... Born and raised in St. Louis, I choose to live here. I want to stay in the city. I put on for my city. If you find me on social media, it's Lux St. Lou. Lux from St. Louis. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. And getting to speak to the people I see at the grocery store and that play recreational sports with me, um, the best, the best. Yeah. I mean, St. Louis is such a special place and getting to be a part of people's lives here. That's a dream come true. And it it really was hard to make a choice to step away from something that beautiful. Yeah. So what triggered that for you? Honestly, the pandemic, I think it brought a lot of us to the place where we are starting to look at our longevity of life. Do we have? <laughs> what what do we have left? Uh, do, you know, and what do we really want? And for me, I, I started to look at um, passions and, and hobbies while I was sitting at home, working from home. I was uh, broadcasting from my living room for a while. And I've always uh, been a fan. Well, I've been a fan since I've been using medical marijuana. I've always been a fan. Um, but starting to see it come into Missouri and seeing what it's done for me health-wise and for my family and others, I just thought, oh, man, I, I'm so lit up by this. <laughs> and when I went into the radio station, I started to feel just a little bit less lit up. And I thought, Somebody who's lit up here needs to be here. Yeah. Um, as much as I'm, I'm still doing a good job and you guys still like me and my ratings are still all right and I'm still making money for the company, it doesn't mean that it's the right place for me. And even if you're good at something, necessarily doesn't mean it's what you need to be doing. Um, and it, it took a lot of therapy. I thank my therapist. I spent two years in therapy and we talked it out. And, um, you know, she said to me, when you start to feel this passion for something, you should truly follow it. That's, that's your body telling you that you're ready for something else. 
else. Um, so with my with my parents' blessing at 38 years old, I told them I'm, I'm leaving radio, and I told my boss and shocked the city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was your boss like trying to talk you out of this? Like, don't no, go. Honestly, um, my boss, Tommy Mattern, one of the most incredible humans. Um, he is so supportive of all of the employees and really takes passion and joy in helping us find our place in the world, even if it isn't at 105.7 mm-hmm. The Point. It was always something I knew that if, for some reason, I had a passion or said, I need to move to Chicago or I need to do this, he would have found a way to make that happen contract regardless because he's that supportive. So when I went and sat down with him, and he, he had noticed as a friend that I didn't seem as happy and as passionate about being in the studio and just being on air every day. I love yeah. the events. I love the concerts. I love the bands. I love the fans. But the actual just rote routine of going in from 2 to 7 and talking about Nirvana every day was starting to weigh on me after 15 years of the same songs. And he said, you know, you don't really look happy. What can I do to make you happy? And I said, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know that there's anything I can do here because I, I don't want to go on the morning show and I, I don't want to be a program director. There's nowhere else for me to go. There's no more level of challenge for yeah. me to reach for. And and he said, well, then, perhaps, you know, are you thinking about leaving? I said, yeah. And he said, I fully support anything that you do. And I was it just, I'm crying. He's yeah. crying. Our, our masks are soaking wet. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're crying through our masks. Um, because he, when I got hired in 2007, um, he was the program director of 1057 at the point. He's now the operations manager of uh, Hubbard St. Louis. So he's in charge of all the stations. Um, but he said to me, you know, what do you want to do? I was a promo girl. I was working five to 10 hours a week, making like eight fifty an hour. And I yeah. said, I want my own show. And he said, if you work really hard and you keep your ego low and you, you put your nose to the ground, I was like, I think you can do that. And within five years, I had that. Yeah. And I've been, then 15 years later, we're looking at each other going, are you really saying goodbye? Is this real? So I got to back this up because I feel like even getting that job as a promo girl for like somebody who's young and loves music, like that's kind of the dream job. How did you even first get your foot in the door? Okay, so this is very funny, but I went to school for one year at Central Missouri State in Warrensburg and I went to a job fair and every single booth at the job fair was work study and I did not qualify for work study and the only table that didn't was a local radio station KWKJ uh, the J98.5 and KOKO 1450 oldies all the applications were filled out. They had one last one, and I walked up and I said, can I fill this out? And they said, yeah. And I wrote, we'll work for Peanuts and put a smiley face in the corner. I had no radio experience. They called me in for an interview, and I had done voiceovers as a kid, honestly. Huh. My uncle uh, was a producer for KDNL Fox 30 back when I was a kid, and so I had done voiceovers. Uh, so, I, so you knew how to talk. Yeah, so I knew how to talk, and I went in. They said, all right, great, we'll hire you. So I did a year there, and when I came back to St. Louis, I, was, I decided to finish my uh, college career at Webster University, which I did graduate there in 2018. Um, and it was definitely, I think it was my junior year in college. I moved back to St. Louis and I put on MySpace that I just like hated my job. I'm a receptionist at a hair salon. It's just, I need a part-time job that's more fun. And I had met the marketing director of The Point at a Flaming Lips concert through a friend. And he f- saw the message like on the board was like, don't you, didn't you say you had radio uh, you know, experience? Give me your resume. So I sent it over. Um, and we sat down in the interview and I got hired to work like five to 10 hours a week putting in, you know, handing out stickers and putting up tents. Uh, and I had told them that I'd been on air in previous. And so mm-hmm. maybe see, it was May when I got hired and end of June, my boss came to me and said, hey, I heard you were on the air in Warrensburg. Do you want to be on the air here? And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then by July, I had my first weekend shift and I was training. And wow. so they really uh, kind of groomed me into who I am and they were willing to support that journey which was so nice and did that feel natural they kind of chucked you on air within just a few months like try this weekend shift yeah and you know the the radio I'd been doing in Warrensburg was recorded all pre-recorded you know you record it at night it plays the next day 
uh, this was like very live, like go on, you tell everything. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so my, scary. My first air checks, I know they're talking about like, oh, you sound so slow. You're talking so slow. You sound like a smoker. You're trying to sound sexy. What are you doing? You know, and they, I had to change my name. Um, they suggested for females, especially on a rock station with a male uh, dominated audience that it's safer to kind of change my name and Ashley has a diphthong so it's just not as so you have to pick your name and this is your name forever so like having to choose that I was going to be Lux forever yeah. here on out and I'm so glad because I still love it I it's still a great name <laughs> how, did, how did this come to you that you would be Lux <laughs> um the movie and the book The Virgin Suicides the the movie Sofia Coppola did and Kirsten Dunst plays the character of Lux and one of the characters described her as the still point in the turning world mm. and I was like that's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to be that. You know, and I'd see, they were like, oh, you should, Electra, Roxy, they had all these names. And I was like, what about Lux? And they were like, and I do remember, I think Rizzuto said, like, I'm not going to call her Lux. And 15 years later, I've been Lux ever since. And now <laughs> I almost don't respond to Ashley. Yeah. So it, it worked it out. totally worked. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, when you were doing this job, you're there on air for these afternoon shifts. Were you that still point in the turning world? I would love to hope so. I mean, yeah. in my dreams. Yes. <laughs> When I dream and think back on it, yes, I'm sure I was probably just standing there, actually, though, in silence by myself picking my nose. But in my head, I am the still point of the, the points turning world. So you got to play a lot of songs, great songs, but you also got to do some interviews. Oh, yes. Were you getting to do any of these, like, they came into the station, kind of like that old school, like, we watched the rock and roll movie where yes. the band all comes in. Yes. Like, who's the coolest band you got to meet? Oh, man. I mean, I've really interviewed some incredible artists. Um, obviously, Jack White is a highlight because he's just in such an incredible musician and at the time he was performing with two bands one fully female one fully male two sets and he only allowed five interviews when he headlined Lollapalooza and I'm sitting next to um, a DJ from MTV Kennedy I guess she's now a Fox News uh, commenter but I'm sitting next to her thinking what I'm from Podunk St. Louis Missouri there are five people allowed to interview this absolute superstar I'm sitting next to an MTV VJ that I watched you know in the 90s huge huge and I'm like what am I doing here or last year they asked me I got to interview Ed Sheeran I'm like I don't even do pop radio what is this life? We talked soccer. We had a great time. Um, Switchfoot came into the studio once, and they have so many members of the band. And they're all, I mean, they were using all the microphones, and I'm mixing. I feel like I'm a part of the band. Um, it's and you're just, interviewing them all at yeah, once? Yeah, all at once. It's oh, so geez. great. That's like my nightmare. You know, like... getting to combine um, athletes with musicians was always really fun. So getting um, Seven Dust in there with, like, David Freeze, who had, you know, flown up there to watch Seven Dust record. So having the two of them, because all the athletes want to be musicians, and yeah. all the musicians desperately want to be athletes. So watching that connection over and over again was really, really cool, too. So that's a whole bunch of cool people. Was oh. anyone a jerk? Uh, <clears throat> well, I will say that perhaps I don't necessarily, being a, I'm a Midwestern, goofy, bubbly ball of energy, didn't understand the humor of the Arctic Monkeys because they are very, very British. Oh, okay. um, and it was the last day of their tour. So they were probably really exhausted. But that interview never got posted. <laughs> it was that bad. It did not go well. It, it, it wasn't like they, they just didn't want to answer any of the questions. They were doing only hand gestures. The singer got up and crossed in front of the camera to get a soda. during. The, it was just like absolute That's bad. chaos. Absolute chaos. Um, but they're, so, they're one of my favorite musical artists. You still artists. love the band. So I still love them. I can't even hate on it. <laughs> I love it. We are talking today to Ashley Elziga, um, better known as Lux. Everyone knows her as Lux. We have to use the official uh, name for public radio, but you know Lux. She was on 105.7 The Point for 15 years, did the afternoon drive time show. Uh, now leaving that station, we're talking about some of the high points of your career, some great interviews. 
you got a lot of attention for something that happened, I believe, last fall that wasn't nearly so positive. The station had posted a, a cool photo. You look great in this photo. Yep. Posted it on their Facebook page. People came out and were just body shaming you. People wrote, she's let herself go and should lose some LBs. People wrote things like Jenny Craig called. This was vicious. Yeah, somebody and asked I, me if I was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a great photo. So how I look do you, awesome in that photo. You do look awesome Thank in you. that photo. So how do you even begin to handle something like that? You know, um, the when I first saw it, it definitely hit me. You, I think if anybody says that that kind of comment just rolls off their back, they're probably lying or they just don't realize that trauma sinks in whether yeah. you expect it to or not. Um, but then the second thing I thought is, well, this is a perfect opportunity for somebody in my position where I have great family and friends. I have an incredible therapist. I have a, a good career and I, I'm in a comfortable spot with the antidepressants and medications that I'm on where that's not going to take me down a peg. But for somebody else who might not be in that place where they have a support system, who might be struggling with something more strong, that could send them to the very bottom place. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who um, works with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and who has struggled with mental health issues herself, I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to use whatever platform I have to explain why this is not appropriate behavior and why we can do so much to curb other people's hurt and pain by not speaking this way. And it was beautiful that the photo is actually of me and Brent Smith, who is the lead singer of Shinedown, who is arguably the biggest alternative rock band out there right now. Um, And he came in and said, this is absolutely obscene. You never speak like this to anybody. Lux is a beautiful individual inside and out and was so wonderful. So then Blabbermouth picked it up and it's in the national news and I'm on, uh, I'm on, uh, you know, the news channels here in St. Louis and just being able to say, yes, this does hurt me, even though I'm, you know, I seem very happy. It does hurt me. It yeah. does affect me. And whether I know it or not, it'll definitely be something that comes out in my therapy <laughs> for sure. But it, you need to be more careful with everybody around you because you really don't know what they're going through. And they might not be in the place that I'm at where I can eventually let that roll off my shoulders. So I was just glad that I had the the platform to be able to do something good. And, and at the same time, it was maybe a month before the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention walk. So I was able to drum up some people to get involved with that organization as well. So did you hear win-win. from any of the people who'd left the nasty comments? Did anyone maybe regret that they'd just been so casually vicious? Not in this case, but I have had people say that to me uh, or come back, kind of circle back in DMs and say, I'm sorry, that was out of line or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always am Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because in all honesty, we're all out here just trying to be social and have fun. And some people are trying to make jokes and they just don't understand how they come off. And it's a le- we're all in a learning experience, so I'm okay with it. But the ones who don't, I'm like... You know who you 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 get to know. You know yeah. you did this. You live with this. <laughs> so let's talk about something else that was out of line. This was you were a guest on the Rizzuto show oh, no. on your last day on the point. This ended up being a very memorable appearance, but maybe not always in ways you planned. Let's listen. I should have known this is coming. Well, this is the traditional ratio goodbye. Yes. It's like I forgot. Well, if you're listening here, come to Point Fest tomorrow. Stop by the meet and greet tent. We'll all be out there. 2.30 yes. to 4. 2.30 to 4. Lux, anything else? Um, you guys are the greatest show in the freaking country. But not in the game? <laughs> Lux said the F word. Just you know, I didn't jump out. I, no, I said freaking. No, you did not. I, I, I said freaking. I said freaking. <laughs> 
Well, people in their cars go, what just happened? And jumped out of the show. So, look, we had to listen back to this. You did say the I F did, word. I did say, I, you know, I tried to dip out of it, but I did not, not quick enough. I hit the F and uh, just kept going with the U instead of the R. It's just, and you know, 15 years and I've never had that happen. Literally, it, it could not be any funnier. I just... <laughs> Were you just overcome by emotion on yeah, your last I was. day? And honestly, they are the best show. If you want to laugh in the mornings, you tune into the race. I just, you just do. They're so funny. They're, they work so hard. And I just really wanted to express my love for the gentleman. And well, I did it. <laughs> you <laughs> I did expressed it. it. Well, you went out with a bang. Yes. So now you're focused on medical marijuana. You're going to be a full-time cannabis and lifestyle creator. And I imagine the people that are my age and then my parents' age and my grandma's age, may she rest in peace, are wondering, what does that even mean? How is that a job? What I'm, do you do? I'm telling you, last night, I this weekend is the Blaze Missouri Conference. So um, everybody's in town down at the Union Station, showcase of all the brands and stuff. So last night I'm out. And the number one question everyone asks is, oh, so what do you do? Because we're all networking. Oh, I work at a dispensary or whatever. And so I had to say out loud multiple times, I'm an influencer. And like the cringe and like the, it just, it the word sounds so gnarly, which is crazy because we used to, when I grew up, it was like, if a person had great influence, you're thinking, oh, like Michelle Obama has this great influence. Yeah. And now you're like, you're an influencer and they're like, ew. <laughs> but in reality, uh, what I want to do as an influencer and a content creator mostly is just help people get the information they need. Medical marijuana has saved my life. It has really impacted my parents' lives and so many other people. And for a long time, we didn't have the education. We didn't have the information. There weren't books. Um, scientists were not allowed to get a hold of the product because it was not regulated, so they couldn't even mm -hmm. do scientific studies. But we do. We have the information now. So if you are out there, and I'm, I'm targeting, and I want to target specifically people here in Missouri I, because I know there are other states, but we here have so many options to talk to doctors, to talk to nurses, to talk to dispensaries, and learn if it could be for you, if it could be something. And as a human, having um, you know organs and whatnot, having this incredible endocannabinoid system. We have a system in our bodies that's literally meant as a puzzle piece to match to a plant that has no chemical compounds and it can heal you in so many incredible ways. The fact that I get to be a voice to bring that information to people educationally, oh man, I'm so lit up about it. I'm so stoked. I can't wait. And so it's not just that you're using it. Your parents are in their 70s yep. and you feel like they've had some great success with this. Oh my gosh. Um, and I did I did ask them if I could talk to talk about this because you know, it's still there still is a stigma, and like you said, with the generations above. And I just give props to my mom for bringing cannabis and women books to her book clubs and like trying to influence them. She's um, a true influencer. She, she is. Um, my father was a paramedic for 36 years. And I think we, when we talk about PTSD, we often think of a veteran. Absolutely should. But if you think about what a paramedic goes through oh. every day, they see people on the worst day of their lives. They're in a car accident. They've broken their legs. They're having a heart attack. They're dying. They're scraping bodies off the ground. It's just the worst. And um, the PTSD got to him and he started to have seizures that were causing memory loss but we went to Amsterdam where it was legal we went to Denver um, where it was legal we took medical t tours of facilities and we're like how do we figure out how we can help him my mother suffers from rheumatoid arthritis which is awful it is absolutely awful yeah. when you hear the word uh, the letters RA just know someone is really it's just so painful um, but realizing that consistent and proper usage and making sure you're dosing correctly with the right strains which that information, again, is out there, saved their lives. My mom is able to get up and walk and do the things that she wants to do. My dad's memory loss has stopped. I mean, it's I, I haven't been on Xanax in years. Mm. 
which was causing me- memory fog for me. I hated it. I hated being on it. I felt very loopy. Um, I wasn't there, present in moments. Um, and now I can be present all the time. And it's not, I, I want people to know. Um, I've been on your radio for 15 years. I've been helping dogs from Stray Rescue get adopted. I'm walking for the AFSP. But I've been consuming cannabis the entire time. Hmm. I'm a fully functional member of society. I own my own home. I pay my taxes. So the stigma isn't what it was. The education is out there. And if you're curious at all, there are people who want to welcome you in and help you find plant medicine. So you have this huge social media following, which is going to be very helpful in (laughs) making this a job. But at the same time, that following is sort of predicated on people know that you're real with them. Now you're going to be pushing things that you've been paid to push. Mm -hmm. How are you going to sort of keep the sincerity of that connection when people also understand it's, it's transactional? I think one of the things that will benefit me in that arena is radio specifically because I've never talked about any products I don't use. Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, has helped me get uh, my mortgage. He's refinanced twice. So I speak about him on the radio. He helped my parents refinance. Um, when I get a car from Munganast Hyundai, I talk about Munganast Hyundai. I don't talk about people I don't use um, and I haven't for the last 15 years. So people, I think, know me here in St. Louis. Whereas if I was just an influencer on the internet, they might not have that connection. I also speak about my life. I talk about my divorce. I talk about the time I actually went number two in my pants before interviewing corn. I talk about any of the ugly, gross things that I deal with because, in all honesty, <laughs> people need to know that being human is just what it is. And so I feel like if they see me and register me as a human, they'll know that these products are genuine and things that I, I use and know that, uh, you know, are worthy of that time. And if someone comes to you with like a sweet, like, I'm willing to pay you this much to post about my medical marijuana product, but it's a product you're not into, you're going to turn that down. Yeah, I've actually, I've had a couple companies um, reach out to do social media influencing outside of the cannabis industry who find out that I'm wanting to get into the cannabis industry who do not want to work with me. Hmm. So I've had my publicist say or my manager say like, hey, so-and-so's interested, but they found your page, uh, Midwestern Mary Jane, and they don't want to be involved. And I say, that's perfectly okay. Four or five years from now, when it's fully legally, they can come back to me, but I want them to work with someone who is authentic to them. And I don't want to work with anybody who's not authentically into me because that's how that's when it fails. That's when it doesn't work. It only works if it's authentic. I just don't know any other way to to say it. <laughs> so you were used to having that afternoon happy hour with people. Yeah. Now that's kind of be going on on social media. You feel like you can take that conversation and, and that's going to work online. I hope so. It's uh, Online is 24-7. It's not the 2-7. to seven. So I'm on there all the time, which can be a little consuming. Um, but I really, the community that's out there is just truly beautiful. When you reach out and you get into each other's minds and you allow, you, you know, you allow for going past the surface. Well, Ashley Elzingo, we wish you the best. And thank you for joining us today. I wish you the best, too. Thank you so much for having me. We should mention, if you're 18 or older, you can visit Ashley, a.k.a. Lux, uh, today and tomorrow. That's June 3rd and 4th at the Blaze Missouri Expo at Union Station. She's there as a product and educational promoter for medical marijuana. There's details at blazemissouri.com. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury and Avery Rogers with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr. It was mixed and edited by Avery. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.